Would you like to sit and talk about nothing at all with me? Then you'd see that every day's the same to me. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to So I Used to Be in a Band. My name is Jim Bowen, and I am here tonight, 25 years later, after we received the CD of the band Cinderblock Baby. Joining me on the show, I have the one and only Leonard Kenyon. I have the one and only Jeremy Case, and I have the one and only Tim Armstrong. Uh, guys, how you doing? Great. <laughs> Old. Old. <laughs> so do you guys realize that it has been 25 years, really this week. I remember it showed up before my birthday and, you know, I, I kind of had that secret wish it was going to show up on my birthday at that time, but I know it was within a seven day window of when we're talking right now, we had a, a, a few boxes, 500 CDs. Is that how many showed up? About 480 too many. <laughs> Jeremy, do you still have three boxes of those CDs? You know, I actually had a box of 69 of them. I had a full box of mm -hmm. CDs at one point. I'm not sure where they are now. They might have ended up at Goodwill. I'm not really <laughs> sure. But I did have a box of a lot of CDs. I don't know. Who, I think I have. Like, I don't know five. who it was, but I had a friend contact me back when before we left Vermont um, to let me know that they found our CD at a yard sale for a dollar. So <laughs> much. Uh, somebody found this copy. In uh, Williamstown at a, at a thrift store. Oh, that's that's awesome. amazing. That's wow. awesome. Uh, that's great. So yeah, 25 years ago today, we, we opened up the package. We had the wrapping around everything. We had that moment where we sat down and after spending a year of recording, mixing, fighting, loving, partying, <laughs> You know, the, the whole thing just kind of fruitated right in front of us to sit down and listen to finally. And in a different environment, because up until that point, I think we'd gotten cassette tapes and stuff to go back and listen to mixes. But we'd yeah. always had to listen to it over and over again at the studio. And this was the first time we could sit, you know, at my apartment, uh, which, by the way, tonight, guys, I've got the blue chair. But yeah, you know, like opening those up, it was it was a really special moment, I think, for all of us. How, like, Tim, how did you feel? Do you remember opening the boxes up? No, <laughs> uh, just to note on the blue chair, it wasn't so much that it was the best chair as it was the only chair. <laughs> you beat um, me to it, man. <laughs> yeah. Somewhere there's a photograph of us opening those boxes. I, I, I might have it. Actually, What was it at Jim's? Was it at the apartment? I think it was at Tom's place. Okay. Actually. Yeah. I think we all went up. Yeah. After I'd gotten out of work. Yeah. Yeah. We all went up there and, uh, and we opened them up, but I think we couldn't wait to go back. Cause I think at that point I had the Sirwin Vega speaker speakers with the yep. stereo and we couldn't wait to go back and pop it in and listen to it. And who wants to agree with me that when we went and sat down and listened to it, it wasn't at all what we thought we'd sent off to the, to, to go, to go to print. It was compressed. It was. As hell. Yeah, I, I, I look back on that and I think, I don't think that's Tom's fault. I don't think he sat up after we decided on the final mix and yeah, I'm going to twist it this way and just compress everything in the end. No, he was trying. I think he was trying to make us happy because we were pointing him at albums like, you know, the we, Blue Album. Yeah, Weird's album, which is 
Like it's not really, I mean, it is compressed a little bit, but it's really mid-rangey. And like, if you don't know necessarily, cause he didn't record rock music, he recorded yeah, folk yeah. singers. Right. So we were asking- And if I remember right, we were listening to that on cassette tape too, which was super compressed. Mm-hmm. Right. I remember that blue album being super compressed, and I think that's what we brought to Tom to say, "This is kind of what we are looking for." Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. 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 Was it enough to be mastered? Would that have changed? I, I don't know anything? if mastering would have done it. I do think when they mass produced it, they probably ran it through some kind of, you know, program mm-hmm. setting that they had that they probably run everything through, and it will just make it come out sounding that certain way. Um, you know. We were heavy on the reverb yeah. too. Oh yeah, we were big on that. Pression on the master. I, I still think we had kind of a sound in that album that was very good for a lot of the songs. It just didn't work for everything. Yeah, and you think about like what you could do in a what you can do in a home studio these days versus what you're able to do at like a you know that was like a semi-professional studio, but he had you know digital audio stuff and good mics and all that. So you know it just it was much more of a niche hobby back then. Now I think you could really do some damage with, you know, a a couple thousand bucks in a home studio. You can be pretty, pretty badass. Yeah. Yeah. I think Tom did a pretty damn good job. You know, I, as I went up to Burlington and worked with other musicians and was in and out of studios and stuff, RCD never sounded to me like it wasn't done in a studio, which is cool. You know, we were, we were, you know, I went up to Burlington and I was in cupboards and, you know, booths and things like that. And at Tom's, it was just kind of stand here, you know, here you go. And you're just in, in that room. Was that a living room? What was that room? <laughs> yeah, it was meant to be. Yeah. yeah. Like a yeah. den. I mean, he did. Because the drums got set up in the living room, the actual living room yep. of the house. Yep. I think that, yeah, I think that the bedroom that he had was probably really supposed to be like a mudroom. And then the area that we like he had all his recording stuff in was more like a den. Wasn't there right? a bed in that corner yeah. though? In the bedroom okay. there was like in the first room that you walked into before you went into where he had all his recording okay. stuff. That's, that's where his bedroom okay. was. I like a mudroom, like you said. Yeah. Yeah. Now all I remember from that is uh, Jeremy's band riding up there in Jeremy's. <laughs> now it was out in the woods. He shared it with another guy, but Briefly, because I know Jeremy and I and maybe everybody else independently tried to find Tom. And I think he may have passed away, as, as Jeremy mm-hmm. saw a couple of years ago. Yeah. So uh, we don't know if that's the case, if it's the same Tom McWilliams uh, from Hell's Kitchen. But just briefly, how I feel like I met Tom through you guys. So how, how did Tom come in the picture? Open mic? Uh, I think it it was either open mic. I thought it was cat yeah, TV. I think it was a cat TV show. Wendy. I think because yeah. he worked. Yeah, at cat but TV. I also think that he did a show with Wendy Lawrence, and they were doing their duo. And it was at that point where we had become a trio, as Tim, Jeremy, and um, you know myself. And we went on, and we did. I think we did a trio show on there, didn't we? Yeah, Yeah, we did. So we did a trio show on there. Well, that was the show where I think we met Lenny. So I think that was the show. Lenny, you might have been on that same exact show, which is why meeting Tom's confusing for you, because it could have been a case of being, you know, Cinderblock Baby, Jaira and Wendy and Tom. And if that had been the lineup that night, that would make perfect sense to me. Because, yeah, yeah, because you weren't on the shows that we were on earlier with, uh, you know, the Honey Wagon and and those guys. 
but I was aware. I've seen, seen him. Yeah, him, yeah. Right, I woke yeah. up. Uh, yeah, that makes sense. And and then, of course, I was much younger than you guys, so I was going to bail and get a ride home or whatever. And I think you all approached me on the street, or maybe it was just you, Jim. Um, but I knew Jeremy from high school because there wasn't a lot of... Hey, finish that story there. Like, I'm much younger, and then Jim approached you on the street. <laughs> <laughs> Everybody knows, but I knew I knew Jeremy from high school because he he was a super long hair, super metalhead, hair yep. down to his butt, and everybody talked about what an amazing guitar player he was. Yep. I knew Tim from art class because I think you were a senior when I was a freshman, possibly, and you came in a few times and were a complete fucking douchebag. <laughs> and uh, that sounds right. But but I sort of but Jim definitely that was the first night mm-hmm. I met you. And that, and if you had if you had separately also approached or met Tom, that sort of makes sense. I think that night, maybe Jeremy, maybe Tim, mm-hmm. we wound up going to Wendy's for the first time. Maybe all of us, um, you know, up to her place in North Bennington, and stay. I remember going there and staying up all night long until the sun came up the next day, and and we yep. kind of developed a good friendship, and that's probably where our our relationship with Tom with Tom really came from. Mm-hmm. And you gotta, it's amazing. I mean, I mean, think about it. That guy really, really fucking believed in us. When you think about the amount yeah. of time he put in to recording us and to talking to us and to preaching to us and being insistent to us that we do things certain ways. For little to no money at all. Like there wasn't any like monetary yeah. payback for him. Really, no. You know, he did that just because. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, <laughs> that's why he's not here today <laughs> we wouldn't have paid him much yeah. yeah but that extra 75 bucks he might still no, be alive no 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 I mean, he wouldn't come on the fucking show now. he'd be like give me my money I'll come on your show <laughs> and you know it <laughs> he would be 25 years later Tom would have said that to us I'm not coming on your show and you know what if we can find him Okay. <laughs> that's a good that's a good deal we put that shout out tom if we can find you we want to pay you i paid tom with one thing that he asked me for yeah yes. <laughs> he wishes i gave tom the bust a move video tom came to me one day and he wow. said you don't need to pay me i just want one thing from you i want to own that video now, i don't want to know what he wanted to do with it but i was like well <laughs> here you go you're not no, kidding, not, are you? Yeah, here you go. That'll save. You might have thought, listen, if, you know, these guys, they might move on to do great mm-hmm. things. And one day I can blackmail this. SOB. I'm not going to get anything out of him anyway. So this is what I'm going to do. Because I was like, yeah, I'll give you that. Screw the thousand bucks, you know, or whatever we owed you. Although, unfortunately. It's, you, you know what? You're, that video is probably like, he probably sold millions of copies of it in <laughs> Italy or something like that. And. You'll you'll never know or see any of the <laughs> of, the, of the royalties. Uh, it's I am kind of sorry that I let that video go and not sorry at the same time. The guy that's in that video and anybody who knows us has probably laughed their ass off at it more than once at my old place. Uh, I've started hanging out with him every year. He comes over to Edinburgh. He uh, was working on the Disney cruise ships and. I spoke to him about getting a copy of it. He was just kind of like, we don't want anybody to see that. (laughs) I'm like, no, you're right. We don't, you know, there's some, there's some embarrassing shit you'll put back up on the internet. That's one of those things that I don't think that belongs there. Man. You know, I, I look at my kids now and 
just realized how much, uh, how glad I am that there was nothing to document most of what I was doing. <laughs> I was young, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. I have maybe 10, 12 hours worth of footage from the, those. Uh, you should burn them. <laughs> no, it's not. I don't re- it's probably embarrassing to see how cocksure uh, simultaneously stupid we all were but but i don't think there's anything that, that incriminating or embarrassing no we were, we we're pretty good about that yeah. usually we we're just being stupid when we were recording stuff but yeah. all right so moving along i'm gonna ask you guys each a question and give me an answer and uh maybe give me a reason why if you can think of one but looking back on the album who wants to go first uh a favorite song what was a favorite song off the album I, I'm okay. happy to go. Uh, <clears throat> I want to say, I've got it right here in front of me. I really, really, I love Days of Youth for a song. I don't like the production because as I listened to this recently to, uh, to get ready for this. Uh, it's it, almost the sound of the song itself ruins the song, <laughs> but the song is great. That's a really, really great song. But there's also moments that I love. Your harmonies and water song are really, mm-hmm. really beautiful mm-hmm. still. Um, and there's a little moment at the end of end of courage of flight, but I would say for song for me, it's, it's probably, uh, days of youth. Yeah. You know, you, when you speak of the harmonies, uh, in that one thing I'll say, and I didn't say in the show that I did individually with you, Tim, but I have never again sang with anybody in my life whose voice just sounded like those two voices singing together belonged together. And we hit moments like that where I think, and I think that's what Tom heard in us. And we're not, neither one of us proclaimed to be fantastic, phenomenal singers, but for some reason, when we sang along together, there was a tone that came out of it that was really great. Yeah. 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 It's kind of, I think of like uh, guitars uh, where you sort of mix one here and you mix one here and together they sound, you know, potentially better. Um, I'll, I'll go next. I think, uh, I <laughs> think for much the same reason the thunder in the air because it's such a stupid song but it is just like the most pure pop kind of bullshit that like maybe we ever did it's just bubblegum all the it way through it was umbop before umbop thing yeah. a little bit yeah there's like silly things where like jeremy does this wah wah thing to make it sound like water and it was you know kind of gimmicky as hell like that but i also think that was the the song that people kind of heard and were like you know, so you know. when people would show up at the shows and be like, play rain in Spain, I'm going to say it, you know, even though we say thunder in the air, they'd scream that at us and, and we'd, we'd be all angry. We don't want to play that. We're tired of it. Let's play. I want to play a new song. <laughs> all right, Jeremy. So I'm going to go okay. with courage. I like that. That's, that's probably my favorite song on the album. I, you know, I kind of like the way it builds and like you guys have already said too, like if, I, if I'm, Thinking of like moments on the album, I, I would have to say like the the vocal moments are my favorite parts. Like as, you know, when you two are singing together, and even there's a few parts where mm-hmm. I'm singing with you too, and it's probably the only time in my life I've ever sang and it didn't sound. Jeremy, horrible. actually, I'm going to stop you for a second here because I think the other guys will have a laugh at this because you sang a lot, and when I went back and I did the live recordings and you know listened to everything, there you like you you jumped in, you made us sound fuller, but I think we can all attest to the fact that we never had a vocal practice with Jeremy. 
Jeremy just decided I'm going to sing now. And he stepped up to the mic and he just took whatever part he wanted. And we didn't argue with him. We we're just all like, that's yeah, probably just like Jeremy yeah. singing. Hey, look, he's over there singing. But yeah, I mean, I, and that song in particular, I like the way, I like the way it builds, you know, it's, it, it, we, we, we were trying to kind of um, sort of mimic the whole soft, loud, soft thing that was going yeah. on um, at the time. And, but that, that's one of those songs that just, instead of doing that, it, it kind of, it does that, but it, but it builds throughout towards the end. And the end is like, that's, that's the, my favorite moment on that is the, yeah, like, probably the, the last 30 seconds of the, uh, the very, like the fade where it where it ends but yeah from that moment where it slows down and the you know we we come back in for the last chorus and the fade yeah. out of the coda it's great yeah it is great you know before we move on because i want to hear jim's answer too but i did want to say your guitar solos throughout jeremy are incredible <laughs> well especially in game oh thank you when you went up to record the album all of us were sitting down at my place or having conversations somewhere else. We're like, Jeremy hasn't finished writing his solos yet. Jeremy hasn't done. He hasn't finished writing his solos. Oh my God. What's he doing up there? What's going to go on? And then I remember when we got to hear the takes, we we're all blown away by it. We we're all like, you would put the time in, you'd done it, but you know, listening to the, the practice tape. Yeah. You were goofing around. You hadn't written it. You hadn't was decided. Finding it probably. Yeah. Yeah. You and know? I, yeah. Huh. Well, that's, that's great. Yeah. I mean, I did most of that stuff. I did try to kind of compose a little bit because I, I kind of wanted it to be a little more melodic and memorable, I guess, rather uh -huh. than just kind of be, I was trying to get away from the la loud and fast and loose thing, I guess a little bit. So, you know, that's, I guess you where know, that came from. So you had that appearance as sort of a metalhead, but I never, your playing was never Weedle Wank. It was always thought any band I ever played with you, it was always memorable, even when mm -hmm. you're messing up and finding spots, whatever. Anything you put on uh, record or live, especially you sh you shown uh, yeah. through. I've got all all, all live stuff yeah, you. Yeah. Incredible. Yeah, no, I definitely like, and, and having known you for so long, uh, <laughs> longer than anybody, so, I'm sure. So so long, yeah. <laughs> I think it'd be really important for us to acknowledge some of the friends that hung around. As Len said, we had our group We were, you know, yeah, there's the other band in town and we looked up to them and maybe musically these guys were, you know, doing their thing that we thought we wanted to do, but we did have our crew. We had, it seemed like dads liked us, you know, dads <laughs> liked our music. Yeah, um, I mean, proud. That's funny that you say that because the, you know that that's like the only stuff that I know how to write is like you know simple pop songs. But when I think back to who you know one of my biggest musical influences was was my dad out in his shop listening to yeah. simple pop songs, you know, old Beach Boys and, and Beatles and Rolling Stones and shit like that. So that, that kind of <laughs> makes sense. Yeah. Uh, uh, anybody that comes to mind when you think of who was hanging around with us at the time, you can look at the CD. Uh, we gave, uh, you know, there was a thanks to Rob Marsden. He did the photo for the CD cover for us. Uh, I think, Len, you did the artwork for the back. I think, I think it's worth mentioning Jerry Nason yeah. because he yeah. was like our biggest fan. He was. Absolutely. He was. You know, um, <laughs> Jerry was great. Who else? Well, Shane. Uh, yeah, I was going to say, Shane, to this day, Shane Frazola is the only person out of all of you guys, and I'm talking 30, 40 people, 
that we knew at that time, and I that we may still know, I still see Shane. Mm-hmm. He's yep. the only guy out of this whole time that I've never wanted to punch in the fucking. <laughs> He's the only one. You never lived with Shane. I did. That I'm not saying. Yeah, I'm not saying you guys didn't have reasons to want to fight him. I'm just no. saying for me. I know Tim and I have butt heads. Jim and I have butt heads. Jeremy uh, and I yeah. had our moments. In fact, I think Jeremy flipped me over on the ground one day. Was, <laughs> getting two hands, he's trying to wrestle on him. And he was like, "Okay." And he just like, that was all in good fun, though. That wasn't that wasn't uh, a moment when we wanted well, to punch each other. <laughs> no, I think Jeremy has reason to be mad at me. But but I'm what I'm saying is, all these years later, I, I we have to mention Shane because, as Jim and I talked about before, separately before, he was he would come over and be like, no, your music sucks, but I'm going to hang out. Here. <laughs> like, He'd also be the first one to jump up and dance in front of everybody. You know, yeah. if we were playing somewhere, yeah. shit, you know, and he was half just, you know, you know, just being dumb about it, but at the same yeah, time yeah. it made it fun. And yeah. yeah. And to this day, if we went to Shane and we were like, yeah, Shane, we know you, you hated our music. He would be like, well, hate's kind of a strong word, Jim. You know, <laughs> yeah. you know and that would be his response to it. That sounds just like him, too. Yeah. <laughs> really? Yeah, uh, yeah, definitely. Uh, Ron Phelps. You know, Ron did some yeah. great photographs of us. Do you remember those mm-hmm. those pictures that he did? Yeah. They did ended he, up in the banner. Yeah. Yeah, The down by the little Riverside Park. We're all I still have sold bags too. of weed. You know, you can go down there. <laughs> oh, the psychopath. Yeah, exactly. Psychopath. Yeah, everybody yeah. knows the psychopath. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, uh, I still have a couple of those, Jim. I have a couple of the photos I can send you. Oh, those those were really good. Um, well, I think we filmed a lot of our video for the Days of Youth in that area, right? If I remember right. Like we were filming, East, like we were filmed like walking down Main Street and through that psychopath and... Do you remember that video that we yeah, had for that yeah. song? Yeah. No. I definitely don't. <laughs> yeah, we I think we made it just for Cat TV, really. And we did um, up but... we were up at Bennington College's. No, no, no. Uh Southern Vermont College as well. There were shots of us like walking around the fountains in that. Okay. You know, yep. it, but you're right. It looked like some artsy 1960s doors video. You don't remember it either, Lenny? A little bit. Or like, yeah. The, yeah. It was Derek Smith from Cat TV who'd wanted to make a music video. And so he took us all out one day and he just kind of filmed us walking around. We oh. didn't go to the studio or anything and it just got aired on one of the shows. Yeah. Okay. Yep. 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 No, so, I don't remember that. But. Yeah. Nothing. Yeah. <laughs> um, I think I think my favorite show that we ever played was uh, there was a the the school thing where there was like I remember it as being several hundred kids, but it was probably like fifty. But we we played at some school armory. benefit thing or something. The, the was armory. that the show at the armory? Yeah, yeah, and yeah. It was just there was a lot of kids there. It was the biggest mm-hmm. group of people I'd ever p- played for, for sure. And I just remember walking out and I screamed into the microphone at them, at the microphone at them, just like, yeah, and got it back so much more. And uh, it was just like, oh, I want to do this every day. Like, that's cool. <laughs> yeah. I, if I recall, they were they were not local kids. They were bussed Ar- in from yeah, somewhere. From Arlington. Yeah, because it, it was like a, it was this thing where they were bringing kids from all the local schools together. Mm-hmm. Like a bridge bridge thing. Yeah, it was called the bridge right. concert or something like that. That's yeah. right. Yep. So Those it was to rumble. <laughs> that was good. My favorite, if we're gonna talk favorite gigs, uh, my favorite really was one of the very first we ever played as a full band. 
and I wasn't playing bass yet. We played to the like the artsy high school kids that came to Bennington College. The and July it was, program. It was, yeah, the July program. Yeah. It was like a Sunday afternoon at four o'clock. And there are these kids who'd been like cooped up in their programs and everything they were doing. And we were the entertainment and they were hungry for entertainment. And so <laughs> I didn't, I didn't, I didn't play bass, Tim, you, that when we first started, you were playing bass. Uh, I played an acoustic guitar with uh, a distortion pedal, but I only played on a few songs. I didn't play on everything. Jeremy, you played yours and, and Lenny, you played drums. Yeah. But that was the one time in my life where, I remember like leaning out with a mic stand over a group of, you know, young kids. And I think it was mostly like probably 16 and 17 year old girls whose hands were just like, ah, you know, like screaming up at us. And yeah, you know, I was, that was the, the first moment in my life where I ever felt like I'm a rock star, you know, you know I, I, I had forgotten about that completely until this moment. And that was the night when I went home because we we're a little late. My mm -hmm. parents, if you recall, were pretty strict. My yep. father was waiting for me and was like, you're not playing in the band anymore. Just straight up told me that. And I said, okay, now I'm not going to live here anymore. <laughs> uh, so that was like the, uh, that was the, the, the first pebble that fell to the boulder that led me to move out at 15 years old. But I, I didn't, I, I completely forgot about that show until right now. Yeah. No, that, that, that yeah, me, me too, actually. Yeah, yeah, that was, that was, you know, I mean, probably I, I like it because I had no real responsibility musically when I was plugging in the acoustic and hitting a distortion pedal. I was probably just playing, you know, open chords or just some riffs or something, but yeah. not having to pedal bass lines and think about all of that at the same time. Uh, yeah, that that's uh, that's crazy. That's cra I, I remember we played Old Castle with that uh, fusion band. Do you remember oh, that? Drama Scope. Larry Levine. Yeah. yeah. So I went up to that drummer because he had a drum kit that was almost as big as a stage. Right. Like mm -hmm. Neil, Neil Parrott would be like, what are you doing, man? You know, yeah. of stuff. it was obviously sponsored and whatever. So I went up to him to ask him, I'm a young kid. And, and uh, you know, I said, you know, how, wow, how do you, how do you get sponsored? And, you know, I'm curious. I have no idea. We're from Vermont. How the fuck would we know? And uh, I believe his response was something like be good. <laughs> <laughs> I still gotcha. have a ticket. I still have a couple of tickets from that show. Um, there was another band there that I don't remember at all called Cheat the Tide, but I have no, I don't remember, I don't remember anything that. about their set or anything. I just remember that night. I remember. I do remember. I was there for that conversation with you and that drummer. Hmm. And I remember watching that drummer being like, "Wow, this guy. I hope if he's half as good as he thinks he is, he's going to be like, he's going to blow my mind." <laughs> he really wasn't. No, great. No, um, he kind of played the same pattern for like twenty minutes on just different parts of the kit. Like I wasn't impressed anyway. But mm -hmm. um, anyway, uh, I I remember at the end that we were all trying to leave, and the the only people left were those guys from going down the road that like music store. You remember oh, yeah. Jay and Jeff and they, they were there that night and they, they loved this band, like loved them. Like he was, they were totally into this band Dramascope and like they were the only people left and they ended up shutting the lights down on them. We had all our equipment on, uh, on, on a row on the stage. And so nobody could leave. Oh, because that's right. Equipment. 
you have this, Jim, you have this giant bass amp, this big Trace Elliott bass amp yep. that Scott Dickinson had lent oh, you. Yeah. Yep, like yep. all this gear was like lined up on the stage and we were all just waiting for these guys to be done so we could go. And they're like up there, like thinking we're all into like what they're doing. We're all just seriously standing there. Like, <laughs> Here we go. go. <laughs> Most of the time, I was pretty, um, you know, I, I I didn't really have a problem with what was going on. But but that night, I was I was not impressed with those guys. So. <laughs> yeah. And they were not impressed that they were made to leave the stage either. That, that, was, a, that was a really funny night. Yeah. But it was fun being on that stage. It was really cool with the lights and the, you know, being in a theater was like one of the coolest places I think I ever played was in there. We yeah. we, we played some good shows. We, we played some parties. You know, uh, I, some of my favorite memories w- was being in at Gramps and just playing in a living room, you know, where we would interchange with one of the other local bands and they would play half a set. And we'd play a set and, you know, go back and forth while everybody was hanging around partying. We set up in fields, you know, and played for birthday parties or graduations. Uh, the biker rally, Tim and I talk about, you know, yeah. for his dad when they were like bombazine. Oh, uh, the bombazine, yeah. That was, right. that was that was the last time the four of us got on stage and did anything together. Um, wow. Yep. Um, and I think huh. the last song we played together was "Rain." It's it, well, it, and it was it raining. Up. It started raining, and we had to stop playing early. That's right. Too like it started raining on us out there. Yeah. yeah. Yes. And I recall <clears throat> that, uh, I don't know, I won't tell on you guys, but I know that I had maybe eaten some psychedelics. <laughs> and while it started to rain, the water was splashing up from this, the white coated snare drum. <laughs> and it felt like I was playing a, a saucer of milk. Was it rippling <laughs> up at you watching it? That's wow. amazing. Yeah. That's amazing. Uh, well, hey guys, uh, you know, it's, it's great to chat with you and reminisce. I think I'm going to wrap the show up when we were going through talking about people, it would be wrong. It'd be a miss to not mention Jen, you know, in the time that she was with us and, you yeah. know, helped us out with everything, be it rides, be it food, you know, Len, I, I place to play. Yeah, yeah. Play a place to play set up, you know, uh, you know, if, if there was a, a fifth beetle, you know, and I, I, I'll use the term beetle in honor of her, you know, it would, it would be Jen. Uh, I might, know. I might have to give that one to Gramp. <laughs> yeah, that's true too. That's true. And then we got, no, Tom, I'm, so. I'm really being silly. No, you're absolutely right though, Jim, that um, Jen was definitely, you know, provided a lot for us that like, that she really support. helped us to get off the ground a lot. And I know she, she yeah. helped Len out a lot too. Um, like he was saying after, um, you know, he, he wasn't kidding, you know, he, he was done living at his parents' house at that point. Yeah, and, yeah. you know, Grant wasn't, you know, you know, he let him live there, right? But wasn't going to provide for you know, a 17 year old. No, he got Jen rid of the washer and dryer because I was using too much water. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he was an a hole. But we also should very briefly, we, the, the girlfriends, the, the Cassie, Sarah, yeah. Tracy, yep, yep. Uh, they were a big part of that time. Um, Ashley and Erica. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. All yep. the drug dealers. All the- <laughs> yeah. And the, and the like drug rug. Uh, Jackets. Uncle Silly. <laughs> Bags of 30. <laughs> yeah, there's, uh, there's a lot of memories. Uh, That's I great. Stuff I don't want to record on a... Uh... <laughs> that apartment Here. was uh, our home, all of our homes, home mm-hmm. away from home. And I think since you want to wrap this up, Jim, you should probably call Last Smoke. Ah, hey guys, Last Smoke. Yeah, that's what I'll do. You know, I, I'll say before I go, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm glad that that's how you see it. 
I appreciate you see it as, as a, a home for all of us during that time. But that was that, you know, it was a, it was a fantastic time in my life. You guys made that. When I look back at Bennington, I'll tell you guys this, you guys will have a laugh at this in my life, you know, and anybody who's listened to this show knows I've gone to a lot of schools. I've moved, I've moved, I've moved, I've moved. And my life is like a one big long episode of the incredible Hulk. And I just finish up whatever story I'm in, in a town and I walk out in the credits roll and I start over again somewhere else. And I feel that way, you know, and everybody has these people that are, you know, that are central to their lives. These people that, you know, they, they take their friendships down the road and the friendship never changes whenever they see them. And as soon as all four of us were together here on this zoom, you know, uh, podcast, you know, recording it, it, I've never been in a room with you guys since that it hasn't felt the same than when I was hanging out with you when we were, you know, in our teens and twenties and it's not changed. And you guys are that, that group of friends for me for the rest of my life, you know, and the Shanes and the Lucases and Scott's, you know, all those, all the, the guys around Bennington and, you know, the friends that I made for the rest of my life, I look back and it's the, it's the most significant formulative period. Unfortunately, it was probably some of my harder lessons that I had to learn in life as I moved along and moved up the road in my incredible Hulk episode. <laughs> but, you know, I, I wouldn't ask for it to, I wouldn't want to share it with anybody else, but you guys. And it was it, that year and a half, two years of playing music was a beautiful moment. And it's something that I'm, I'm very proud of. And 25 years later, um, I think it says a lot. It's a testament to what it meant to all of us that we're sitting here talking to each other tonight. Thanks, everybody, for tuning in to So I Used to Be in a Band. It was a really, really, really special episode to talk to these guys. All the years that we spent together having a laugh, I'm watching them on these Zoom cameras right now as I'm signing off, trying not to laugh because that's what happens when we all get into a room together. We, we just have a good time. So I hope you've enjoyed it. We'll see you next time. Bye now. Would you like to sit and talk?